Good morning. Stand and sing with me. And us. Everybody. <laughs> Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. and pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the cool weather and for the fall feeling, Lord. And we just, we give thanks to you this morning for all of the wonderful things that are going on in our lives, Lord. And we even praise you for the hard times because you've told us to consider it pure joy when we're going through those times, Lord. We give you all the glory this morning and we focus our hearts and we focus our minds upon you. Lord, help us just to be open to receiving your word today and to taking it with us throughout the week. In your name I pray. Amen. Don't take your spirit from me. 
Tell them good morning. You're glad they're here. And children, if you'll meet me on the carpet this morning. Good morning, guys. I'm so glad you're here. I love your sparkly boots. That's are fancy. Um, I have to ask you a question. Have you noticed anything um, maybe in some stores or um, maybe even <clears throat> on the streets of Greer hanging up on some poles and um, maybe even like at the park? What have you noticed? What have you noticed? <sighs> Christmas lights, even in our city, we have Christmas lights hanging up already. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? People want it to be Christmas already. Now, let me tell you, I love Christmas. I do. I really do. But I'm not ready. I'm not ready for Christmas because there's another holiday before Christmas. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Thanksgiving. <gasps> Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. We just sit around at Thanksgiving and we eat and we say thank you. It is the best holiday ever. You don't have to worry about gifts and presents and stress and trees. You just get to eat and say thank you. It is the best time. But let me tell you why else I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving because it reminds me of all of the times in the Bible that God tells us to give thanks. There are so many verses where he says to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Uh, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Uh, may your, my, your name, may I bless your name at all times. May it be continually on my tongue. We need to give thanks to our Lord. Because he gives us so many good things. We can't skip Thanksgiving, guys. Because it's important for us to give thanks. God wants us to give thanks for all of the things in our lives. For all of those wonderful things that happen to us. But let me tell you something. 
There's also a big verse in James, in the book of James, that says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials. Do you know what trials are? Problems. Oh, my goodness. Consider it pure joy. Be happy when you have problems. That's really hard, isn't it? But the rest of it says, because those problems are going to make us stronger. And they're going to teach us good lessons when we have those problems. So we need to even give thanks when we have problems because we know they're going to make us stronger and make us better people in the long run. Okay? So let's not forget Thanksgiving. Can you promise me that you won't forget Thanksgiving? And if your mom tries to put up the Christmas tree, will you tell her no? I'm just kidding. Don't tell her no because moms really get upset about the stuff like that. Okay. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Will you pray after me? Dear Lord, we will give thanks to you at all times. We love you. Amen. Good morning. We welcome you to our service this morning and are glad that you're here. Uh, I'm going to ask if, uh, if the ushers would, would come and bring the prayer cards. In a moment, uh, we'll have a prayer, and if you'd like to include someone in that, if you would uh, fill that out, and in a moment, we'll lift them up. Uh, thank you. Uh, there are some announcements that uh, we have. Uh, Kids are reminded to join us tonight at, from 5.30 to 7 for choir and mission kids and Bible study. And um, Also, you've been asked if you would take a few minutes and complete the family life and volunteer request survey. Uh, it's on the church website, and there are hard copies also available in Sunday school rooms and I think maybe at the back. Uh, they want, want, we want to hear your feedback, and, and this survey will run for the month of November. So. If there's something that you have a gift or God's placed something upon your heart, I hope that you will, um, will put that down, that something you'd like to do and something you'd like to give a service. You're invited to join us in supporting the international mission of Operation Christmas Child. Uh, there'll be additional information, I think, at the back of the Family Life Center and also in Sunday School classrooms. Uh, Katie Jeter or... or Joy Hudson will be able to answer any questions that you have. We'll be collecting it uh, from the rest of this week, and, and I think next Sunday is when they like it back. Uh, Bill Clute is here, and I think, yeah, I, I was trying to figure out what I'd do if you didn't come. <laughs> Bill is the chairperson of our finance committee and will say some words to us. I just want to remind you about our stewardship drive, which we'll be uh, finishing next week. We will be in the sanctuary, one service, 10 o'clock. Uh, Susan Leonard Ray will be our speaker. And I got to tell you how hard it is for me to say that name and get it out right. You don't know how close I've been to telling you that Sugar Ray Leonard would be our speaker next week. <laughs> but it's Susan Leonard Ray will be our speaker. Uh, we will be filling out our commitment cards next week. Um, that's our commitment to God and our church for 2012, so continue praying about that. We'll have a catered meal right here after that service in preparation for that. The ushers have meal reservation cards. If you haven't filled one out, please get one from them and put it in the offering plate. And continuing with our stewardship speakers this morning, we're pleased to have Rochelle Foster speaking. First of all, I would like to thank very tall Bill Clute for cornering me in front of Ryan and Natalie's Sunday school room and saying that it was my privilege to be able to speak about stewardship and what it means to me. Um, it, oh, and the second thing is I'm so thankful that Arthur is not here today to come up with some half-baked joke about what I'm going to say. Um, it is very well known in our house that mom 
is the keeper of the nose for Ryan. Um, at a very young age, Greg attempted to clean Ryan's nose, and Ryan told him that he couldn't. It was mom's job to blow Ryan's nose. Um, and <clears throat> you'll have to bear with me. Um, I kind of see my life as a metaphor, and a lot of things in my life represent different things to me. And if if you know me at all, it's always very far-fetched. So, here we go. Um, so if you could imagine parents or grandparents um, attempting to get the dried mucus or boogers out of your child's nose, um, it's a struggle. And most of the time, the conversation goes like this, uh, Ryan wiggling and moving. No, mom, no, mom, it hurts. And then mom says to Ryan, well, it wouldn't hurt if you stopped moving. And so here comes some metaphorical stuff. Um, this is where I see kind of our God's relationship with us. I don't know, maybe us saying, no, God, no, God, it hurts. And he's saying, be still and know that I am God. Um, and then Ryan really likes to change the subject, you know. Then he likes to talk about his cars or his trains or what he needs to do or what he needs to tell daddy. Or, um, and, and so the whole purpose of me cleaning out his nasal passage and allowing him to breathe more easily, you know, is totally turned upside down. Um, and I feel like we kind of do that in our prayers with God, too. We there's something that's very obvious that, that we are avoiding, that we need to be praying about. And um, we just kind of have a stream of consciousness, and, and, and we are trying everything to talk about that except for what is most important and what we really need help with. Um, I tell you this story because I always feel like the elephant in the room during a stewardship campaign is how much it will hurt what we have to give, what we have to give up, if it's uh, finances, um, if it's our time, if it's whatever it may be, something that God's calling us to do and we have just been pushing back. Um, and it is not God's desire to hurt us. It is God's desire to bring us closer to him and to accept his love and to share his love. And... Um, for me, it goes beyond just the, the, the finances and the tithing that we're asked to do. Um, it goes past that to the love that we're supposed to share. Um, but really what I want to say is that we should, I should, um, be asking God at this moment during this campaign, what do I need to do and how do I need to be still um, and, and help me to remember that it's not going to hurt. It's actually going to be a wonderful gift to him and to others. Thank you and amen. That's all right. I'll stand on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Thank you very much. Um, if you have, I failed to say if you wanted a card to raise your hand, and uh, if you've not filled them out, and if you give them to the ushers, and they'll bring them back here in a moment. There are three things that I think that, that probably, in addition, I need to say. One is that next Sunday will be the Merle State Walk for the, the soup kitchen at 2 o'clock. Um, also, if you have not given for the Thanksgiving baskets, I hope that you will do that today. And the third thing, I, I want a, a word of personal um, gratitude and privilege to say to you that if you've not heard Susan Leonard Ray, uh, you're in for a real treat, that God has blessed her in a way that, that, that is a marvelous thing. And I hope that you'll be here uh, next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Um, I can remember when Susan Leonard Ray was just a little girl, and it thrills my heart to hear her preach. 
and I think it'll thrill your heart. So I hope that you will be here next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in our sanctuary. Um, Okay, let us pray. God, we come to you with gratitude for the gift of life. As we sit here in this warm place, we recognize how very blessed we are, that our bodies move and our minds think, and we thank you so very much that you sent Jesus as our risen Lord. We thank you for the way that he's touched our lives and he's called us out to follow him. And as we gather here today, we pray that your same spirit that you've spoken to people through the years will speak to us and that we'll hear your still small voice speaking. We recognize that in our world and in our community and even in our church and this group here, that there are so many needs. We pray that you will help us to reach out to you knowing that you will speak that word, that word of encouragement, that word of hope, that word that we need. And we pray for that just now. Lord, we pray for the Edwards family and ask that you bless them this day. We pray for the Dan Hendricks family and the loss of their son, Sean. We pray for the Edwards family by name, Kathy and Dave and Danielle and Kristen and Josh. We pray the Edwards family for the Junior High Beach Retreat for Wade Connett. We pray that you will help mom and dad have a safe trip back. We give you thanks, O oh God, for your many blessings to us. We make these prayers now in the name of our, your son, our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I wanted to think with you a few moments this morning about guard the treasure. And the scripture for this uh, comes from uh, Paul's second letter to Timothy. And I'd like you to hear these words. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And that is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Part of what speaks to me about this scripture this morning is that what I remember as a young minister reading this and how it spoke to me then, and it has spoken to me as I prepared today. I remember, uh, I need to move this. Can you move it? Yeah, you want me to hit it? 
Arthur always does this. Good. All right, thank you. Now, y'all recognize what that is? Maybe. Uh, that's an armored truck. Uh, and, and I can remember as a little boy, a young boy, going to the movie. And maybe you remember going to the movie, and I remember seeing some of the things like, like the, the, the westerns, where you'd see the cowboys and the, and the fellow driving the Wells Fargo stagecoach, and there would be one guy with his hands on the rein, and there'd be another guy sitting next to him with a shotgun. That's what they call riding shotgun. And if he wasn't there, he was on top of the, of the, of the carriage, of the, of the going along of the stagecoach. And oh, I thought, you know, one day I'd like to do that. Did you ever feel that? <laughs> well, let me tell you, I had such an experience. It wasn't on a stagecoach. But I'd like to tell you, it wasn't nearly as exciting as I thought it would be. I was serving uh, my third charge. We were in a small town. I had two churches, one in town, one out in the country. And there was a, a member of my church named John. He worked at the local bank. He called me one day and he said, I've got to ride over to Augusta, which was about 25 or 30 miles. And he said, could, could you ride with me? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to go. And he said, we're just going to go over and come back. And I said, all right. So when we got in the car, you know, I, I, I said, well, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to pick up some money. Now, let me tell you, we were in his old dilapidated car. You know, it didn't look like one that anybody want to steal. And we were riding along, and he said, we're just going to go over to the bank and pick it up. So we drove over to the bank. And what I normally do, and I guess you do, I go in the front door. So, but he pulled past the bank. I thought, well, he didn't stop. He said, we're going to go around the back. So he drove his car around the back, that old dilapidated car, drove it around the back, went into the back door. I don't know how they knew him, but they knew him. They let him in. And in a few minutes, he came out. And not only did he come out, but he came out with an armed guard with two sacks of money. And he took those bags. I got out of the car. I'd been sitting in the car. I got out of the car, and he put them. You know where he put them? He put them right in the floorboard beneath my feet. Now, I don't know whether you've ever had $74,000 beneath your feet, but I did. And for that 30-minute ride back home, I want to tell you I was scared to death. Now, I'm not normally an, a, an anxious, not normally a fearful person, but I promise you that I found myself looking at every street corner, checking it out because I said, somebody may have seen that guard put that stuff in this car. And I was a nervous wreck. And I kept looking and looking, trying to, and I wasn't comfortable until we got home. And here I was trying to guard the treasure, the $74,000 that belonged to the Ridge Banking Company. And so it's not such an easy thing to be guarding something. What Paul is saying to young Timothy is that it is, is upon you to guard that which you've been given. That faith that, that came from your grandmother to your mother and now I know resides in you. And it's this Christian faith that I want you to guard. Now there are a couple of things that I think are important for us to see out of this scripture. It came alive to me as I read in the New English Bible version. And the first word is remember. And, and that's a, a powerful word about remembering. I, I can think back I, before the service this morning. I went over to the sanctuary and I walked through the hall. And you know what I did? I remembered. If you haven't been there, look in the walls. You'll see preachers. And some of us look pretty bad. But I remembered who'd been here at this church through all these years. I, I looked at, at some people who got married and some little children in Sunday school, and I remembered. And what Paul tells Timothy is, hold to the words that I taught you as an example that you are to follow. That's what we are to be about. We're, we're to be remembering what happened to us, how we've been blessed. Okay, and, and this is something that you can see. Maybe you can't see it very well. It, it means a lot to me. 
This piece of China, antique China, was given to my first wife, Sue, and to myself when we left my first charge. It was given to me and to us by a lady, Mary Hope. And Mary Hope married later in life. She married an older man. They had three children, two precious girls, and an adorable son. And one day I got a call that this son, who was not quite two years old, had fallen out of the back of a swing in the backyard and hit his head, and he was dead within 45 minutes. It was a tough time for a young preacher who'd never had a funeral for a child. It was a tough time for an older woman who, who'd looked forward to having a boy, a precious boy, and now he was gone. What do you say? And I tried to minister to her and did the service, the funeral, and, and ministered to her. And you know what she said to me as we were leaving? She said, I want to give this to you. I want you to remember me and remember us in the days to come. I stand here this morning to tell you that 51 years has passed. And when I look at that, that fine piece of, of antique china that had come down through her family, it means a lot to me as I remember her and her face as she moved through that very difficult time. And I, I think that that's what Jesus wants us to know. He wants us to, to remember. He took the disciples, you recall, up on the mountain because he wanted to tell them some things that they needed to know, that they needed to remember. And, and oftentimes, I, I find that it's, it's easy not to remember. It's easy to forget. I, I think that what Paul is saying to Timothy is don't forget. Remember. You remember Simon Peter? He was there in the courtyard, and he said, Lord, you can, everybody else can let you down, but you can count on me. And Jesus said, before the cock, the cock crows three times, you remember that painful thing where the scripture says, and Peter remembered, and he went out, and he wept bitterly. Interestingly, I find that there are some things that we tend to remember that we ought to forget, and there are some things that we forget that we ought to remember. The second thing that I, I see is not only a word about remembering, but there's a word about living. And you live by the faith and the love which are ours in Christ. You see on the screen, Carl Jung, a, a Swiss psychiatrist, said this. And how powerful is this? Faith, I don't know. I believe. I, I, think, I think that this is the important thing, is that when Paul is saying, I am certain. He didn't say, like some of us, well, I, I may, it's possible. Paul didn't say, I, I think. He said, I'm sure, I'm certain. And I believe that that's what he wanted Timothy to, to know. So don't be ashamed of the gospel, to testify about our Lord Jesus, but to join me in suffering for the gospel because it, the power of God it's not because of something you've done, Timothy. It's not something you've done, George. It's because of something God has done in you. And that's a powerful word that I believe we need to hear this day. When you take your savings to a, a bank or a savings and loan or a credit union or you deposit them somewhere, it, you always do it, I always do it, with the hope and with the belief that where I'm putting it is going to be a safe place. Now, I know that some of us have made some bad decisions as we've come along. We've made some deposits for the moment, for pleasure, for gain, for climbing a ladder, for getting to the top. I've seen that through my years. People have made bad decisions. They've not lived according to the faith. They've not moved as they should as followers of Christ. 
George Washington Carver was um, an amazing man. He was an inventor, he was a botanist, he was a scientist, he was an educator. I don't know that you know, but it, it impressed me when I read it that, that Henry Ford offered George Washington Carver $100,000 a year to come work. He offered him the finest laboratory that could be built. And you know what George Washington Carver said? No. He stayed at Tuskegee Institute in Alabama for a salary of $1,500 and made that contribution as he continued studying peanuts. He was led by a basic drive, by a desire. And I think that that's what I've got to do and what you've got to do is decide how we're going to live our lives. And Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to live your life and, and those things that, that have come because of what I've taught you about Jesus. But what about your life? What about mine? What do you know about abundant living? What do you know about service? What do you know about what you believe? Live that life. That's the call. Live that life that you've been called to, that I've been called to in Christ Jesus. The third thing that I see here is the word about guarding. Guard the good deposit, Paul writes, that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Now, how you, how you guard something depends on what you're guarding. Maybe you had some experiences, as I did when I was a, a delivery boy with the drugstore. I can remember the pharmacist, Tony, who owned, was a half owner of the drugstore, and he would give me a, a prescription. At that time, uh, antibiotics were expensive. At now, I don't know, they're just out of sight. But at that time, they were, they were expensive, and he would mix up or pour out that, that antibiotic and he would put the prescription label on it and he'd give it to me and you know what he would say? Tony would say, guard this with your life. Now the bottom line, you, you will know this if you've been told this, the bottom line Tony was saying to me is don't drop it. Don't you break this. I want you to keep this carefully. Guard it with your life. There are some great football rivalries. The Carolina-Clemson game is something that people look forward to. I do. The Georgia-Georgia Tech game is something that people look forward to. The Army-Navy game is something that people look forward to. And I came up in a time when there were pranks pulled. I don't know that they still pull pranks. I grew up, as some of you knew, in New Orleans. And New Orleans is the home to Tulane University, an exceptional university. It's the home also of the LSU Tigers, who, who happen to be number one, or they were yesterday. I think they will be today and probably tomorrow. I remember one year, there were some students at LSU. They have people that are signed. I don't know who keeps the... South Carolina Gamecock, but somebody has to take care of that bird. And this, this LSU Tiger, I can remember seeing him many times. He would carry, come along in a, a cage on a trailer. His name was Mike, and I think now they call him Mike number six, but it was Mike. And the students, the LSU students who were in charge of taking care of Mike, got carried away with being in New Orleans and they weren't very careful. And the Tulane students who, oh, they did simple things like painting, you know, your, your name and your, your, all over the, 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 the campus and so forth. But these guys were in charge of taking care of Mike in, in New Orleans and they got carried away for whatever reason. And the Tulane students stole Mike. And they brought him back on the day of the, of the big game between 
Tulane and LSU. Sadly, they brought him back painted green, which is the Tulane green wave. Jesus tells us how to guard life. I'm here today to tell you that. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth do not and rust do not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. We live in an exciting time. This is the most exciting time that I can think of. I believe that Memorial Church is in a strategic place. I believe that the steeple on our church calls people to know that at this place Jesus Christ is preached. That this is a place where you can come and find some hope. This is a place that you can come and find help. People all around us, where you work, where you go to school, are eager, eager, hungry for that which gives meaning to life. I, I believe that the world needs to see. I believe that it needs to see Jesus living in us. That's what Paul was saying to Timothy. I want you to live in such a way that people all around you will be drawn to this marvelous, this message, life, that's yours in Christ. And we are good, as our scripture says, not because we're good, but because God is good. I want to close with a light. You see the light. We're called to be light. Jesus said, let your light so shine that men and women may see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. Benjamin Franklin, years ago, wanted to have street lights in the city of Philadelphia. And he did a very amazing thing. He was an inventor, as you know, of many things. And he designed a, a street light that had four sides. It had four panes of glass in it. I've seen some copies of it. And in, in that street light, uh, he put his lantern and put it out on a post in front of his house. And you know what happened? People coming along saw that street light, that lamp that Benjamin Franklin built, and they had one built for themselves. And slowly, as I've read, that Philadelphia began to have their streets lighted because of people brought their own light. I want to say this morning in conclusion that God's word is a powerful word. God's word is a healing word. It's a hopeful word. It's the word that Jesus gave to Paul it's a word that Paul gave to Timothy. And it's a word that God has given us. May he bless you. May he bless me as we seek to let our light so shine. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you stand now for the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the ushers will come and receive our offerings.
the first You go before You are the last Lord, you're the encore Your name's in lights For all to see The starry host Declares your glory Glory in the highest Glory in the highest Glory in the highest Apart from you There is no God Light of the world, the bright and morning star. Your name will shine for all to see. You are the one, you are my glory. Glory.
Go now and know that you go not alone, that God's word, God's peace, God's grace will bless you. May he shine upon you now and give you that peace. Amen. Sweet. 